my one job. But, so we're in Advent, what does that mean? Right, we're expectant of something. Something is coming, so this is the season of Advent. So who can tell me what we, what we talked about the first week? Hope, absolutely. And as that song sang, there is hope for everyone, right? We are waiting on the promise. Amen? And so we have hope. And what is the definition of faith? Faith, according to Hebrews 11.1, 1, is, is things hoped for and not yet seen. So we walk in faith for the coming of hope, right? And remember, we're in the Bible because Jesus has not come back for the second time, so we can enjoy this whole time just thinking we are part of the narrative. That narrative that is yet unwritten but yet spoken of that Jesus would come back. And so we have faith that we will join together with the angels who have gone before us, um, are the saints, the brothers and sisters who have gone before us, that we'll be gathered up with them one day in heaven, amen? We'll be, we'll be kicking in with the Lord and just having a beautiful time. And this, this to me is about, this, about the second best one because this one is what? Faith, hope. Love. Love. Faith, hope, and love. Right? Because the Bible talks about you can have all this stuff, but if you don't have love, you're nothing but a clanging gong or a clashing cymbal, right? Like, just save all the stuff. If you don't have love, then you've got bupkis. Yeah? The greatest is love. And so we can, we can remember our, our Bible verses all day long. We can, uh, like a lot of folks do, they somehow tend to bash people over the head with Bibles. And you ever get the Bible thumper, right? We've all heard that phrase. And, and we don't spread a lot of love. But yet Christ, Christ is the very embodiment of love, yeah? And so we celebrate the coming of Christ again we celebrate and if you think about when this was coming it was prior to his birth right and so as a celebration as a remembrance of what was going on we celebrate these things next week is going to be what joy, joy. amen and uh, so that's a that's a pretty big deal yeah like Jesus coming is a pretty big deal joy come joy to fill our hearts, joy to sustain us in, in this world. Like there's, there's struggles in this world, amen? But we can still find joy. And it's like, how do we find joy, right? If I look, if I look at the struggles and I keep my eyes focused on the struggles, what am I going to see? I'm going to see the struggles. They're going to become the very focus of everything that I do. Versus keeping my eyes focused on God, he helps me through my struggles and helps take my heart to a different place, amen? 
And so Paul says, count it all joy. And now this is the dude that was stoned, right? Not, not puffing the chiba, but he was have boulders whipped at him until he was almost dead. He got beat, he got bit, he got shipwrecked. Like all these things. And somehow he says, count it all as joy. So what does that tell us? Like if you were to just look at that story, just Paul alone, how can he look at life and say, count it all as joy when he's had so many horrific things done to him? What's that? He knows where he's going and it tells us that there's something greater than this. But we've been taught our whole lives that this is like, this is it. Whether you're believers or not, it's like we put all this emphasis on the now instead of what's coming. This life is but a brief moment. Eternity is eternity, right? Like longer than, longer than this. And so we have to get to a point where we start to comprehend what the scriptures are actually telling us and how do we, how do we do this? How do we focus on this stuff? It's about having a relationship with God. It's about having a relationship with his word. It's about having a relationship with one another. Yeah? Nyalewa? Nyalewa? Allie, you got your hand up back there. I saw your hand go up. Were you just falling off your chair? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, just this little arm shot up over the back of the. Yeah, she's good. I know this one. I know this one. So, Nyalewa. Nyalewa is do you understand? And Nyalewa Kabisa, almost like Kiobasa, but Kabisa is I understand you. So, when I say Nyalewa, you say, Nyalewa Kabisa. Nyalewa Kabisa. Buona sefiwe. Mungu akabariki. Nakupenda, Rafiki. Yeah? <laughs> From Swahili to trucker. So, last week, what did we talk about? Who could give me one subject that we talked about last week? I'll give you a hint. Right, get up on your pony, pony. Get up on them, ride. Oh, there was something else to that? That's, that's good. I thought it was all about the little turd pony. <laughs> My wife, very proud of me for that one. So, last week we talked about the battle and, and I just really feel like God is calling the church, and you guys know that I've been kind of wrestling with God about this stuff, and we've been bringing some some different messages, some things that are are important for us as the body. Because if something's going to change, then something has to what change, change right? And so, how do we spur something in ourselves that invokes change, that brings forth change, that helps us to realize that this change is a good thing? Right, just like seeing life and the struggles that we have in this life and counting it as joy. Like something has to click in here that just says, okay, I get it. 
right? And that's that relationship with God. But, but we have a battle as well about the things that we need to change in the way that we're doing things as a church and as people, right? How important is your relationship with God? And if it's so important to you, then why wouldn't you tell somebody else? Like, what keeps us held up in our own hearts and in our own minds? What stops us from helping to give the greatest gift to somebody else? Value. Okay, there's value. There's a sense of value in, in what we would give them? Or would the value be in how we view ourselves? Right, so when I ask this question, hello, my name is... It's intentional. I love this next question. This, this I thought was really clever of God. If you were selling you, would you buy you by the way you describe yourself? So if you're marketing yourself, would you even buy what you're selling, which is you? Would you buy it? Or would you go, eh, I'll pass. I'm going to get a better model. <laughs> I don't know. How are you selling you? Do you have to be on clearance before you'll buy you? How's that? Like, I'm waiting for the red tag, like 80% off, not just clearance. Like, I want this thing out now. But seriously, how, would, how is it that you would describe you so that you would be interested in buying you. What about you are you finding value in about you? Because again, if we start talking about value, we need to see some intrinsic value in ourselves. There's something of worth in us. Otherwise, everything that we do is gonna be based on this devalued system, this flawed item on the shelf. <coughs> You know, like, don't go to aisle 13. There's, there's just Fred's in there. You don't want to go down there. <coughs> For me, the Fred that's, that's here today is way different than the Fred that was here 20 years ago. Way different. But for some of us, we're still struggling. I struggle with my own values sometimes. Absolutely. I struggle with my value as a pastor. I struggle with my value as a brother, as a, as a, as a friend, as a, as a husband. It's a struggle sometimes. Like I seriously get up on the struggle bus and I'm just, I'm a little perturbed at myself sometimes. I'm a little, I'm a little less than proud. So what would your personal ad look like, right? Has anybody ever gone on the dating sites and you got to sell yourself? Strapping young buck with a heart for God loves to ride horses. I love long walks on the beach. I love poetry. He's a handsome devil. <laughs> what would your personal ad say? Oh, who's going to buy that? Well, you are. Amen. Amen. But who else? Just God. Just God. Okay, so if we believe that story, 
right? And, and let's just all say we're in agreement with it, and we're all at different varying places, right? And it's just the facts. We're, we're called torn for a reason because we don't, we're not putting on this pretentious attitude to try and elevate ourselves up here like, hey, we're good church-going folk. We're good church-going folk, but we, we can be good church folk right here, right? So we have a heart up here, and we're saved by God, by his grace, but it brings us right back to here to serve, and there's nothing wrong with serving people, right? Right, like somehow, someway, we get this idea about what's good and what's bad, what's right and what's wrong, and, and certainly being lowly and going to the people out on the streets is not what we want to do. We'll wait till they come in here, and then we'll dress them pretty, make them put on makeup and do their hair and wear deodorant, and then they'll be good enough. How many of you guys know anybody? Any of you guys know anybody? Anybody? Do you know anybody besides you? Where are they tonight? This is all the people you know? Really? Y'all need to get out a little bit. So if you go up to somebody at Walmart, what are they going to do? <laughs> like, I think that dude's freaking out. Like, What's that? Okay. Well, and I'm calling you on it because one, you volunteered, but two, we need to figure out what you're trying to say by that. Deepening our prayer language, what does that look like? What does that mean? You know, deepening our, my prayer language when I'm out in the street, deepening, and then how does it actually, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do we tie all these pieces together to get to a place where we're back to here, where we would actually be somebody that we would want to be with? Watch the signs from, from God. Yeah, that's, this is really like, we have to get to these places where we understand that we are no longer ourselves, but we are children of God who loves us and he defines who we are. He gives us our value. We need to stop tripping over our own toes because in the flesh I am not worthy until the love of God shines so brightly in me that I realize that I'm valuable and it doesn't matter what the world says, right? So I got to get to this place so that I can do the thing, whatever that thing is. So here's a statistic. I I'm sorry I didn't write the reference down. 54% of Americans report feeling as though no one knows them well, at least sometimes, if not always. Additionally, at least two in five also say they sometimes or always feel as though they lack companionship, that their relationships are not meaningful, that they are isolated from others and or that they are no longer close to anyone. 40% feel like they're not close to anybody. 
Yeah, but the second one down here, 54% of Americans feel as though no one knows them all the way or well, and then uh, two in five say they sometimes or feel as though they lack companionship. So somewhere between 40 and 54%, that's a good part, like look next to you. The person sitting next to you can feel less than, unworthy, not in relationship, not in companionship. That's a lot. Every other one of you statistically is in a bad place emotionally. Paul said, count it all joy. Our relationship with God has to be based on how God views us, not how we view us. We need to receive his vision of us, his truth implemented or implanted in our hearts, our hypothalamus, Right? Somewhere in our brain, we need to get this thing that's going to drive that little deal back here that's going to go out to our heart and our feet. Like, why are we so lonely? Why are we not in relationships? Why do we, why are we not reaching out more? Why are we not doing the very things that we're called to do? God created us to be in relationship. And yet, approximately half of us feel like we're lonely or not in real relationships. What's that? Satan telling, Satan telling us lies, but we're in the church, right? Like we should know it. We should know different. And this is the part that I always get to because we always know the Sunday school answer, right? Like most of the time you could just say, Jesus, and you're right. We could say these things and have good answers, but if they don't penetrate actual thought like more than just a thought like oh this is the right answer and I got it right in the quiz the pop quiz I got the answer right if it doesn't make my feet move differently if it doesn't cause me to live life differently then have I actually come to know and understand the answer that I just got right because anybody can say the name of Jesus but not everybody is going to walk out like Jesus and yet we're called to imitate Paul who imitates Christ. We're called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And yet where do we find ourselves? You see, part of the problem with these things is that we keep getting, we keep this poor impression of ourselves. We don't get to the point where we understand or feel like we can actually trust people. So we develop a wall and maybe we got a nice window through with a little speaker we can talk through, but nobody's going to touch me, right? Like I've been hurt so many times. I'm not subjecting myself to that.
acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. They stumble because they disobey the word. 